0: I believe that God is encouraging us to stand firm. And He isn't saying it like a headmaster, He's us saying it like a father. And this morning, excuse me, even as I speak, I pray that you'll hear it like a father speaking to a son or to a daughter. And you'll hear the father saying to you, stand firm, stand firm. Stand firm. We live in days of great change in our nation and in the nations of the world. We live in days of turmoil, where we don't really know what's going to happen, going to uh, happen next. And and almost now we become conditioned to 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 turmoil, haven't we? You know, we turn on our news and however we receive that, and 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 we're not surprised anymore at some of the things that are happening in our nation. And it would be possible for us to begin to wobble and to doubt. But I believe that God's saying to us this morning, stand firm, stand firm, church. He's saying it like a father to a child or children or a young person. Hey, my son, my daughter, stand firm. Stand firm, I know what you're going through. I can see the challenges that are before you, but I think he's saying to you right now, stand firm and remember that I stand with you. I'm with you in your circumstance, but he wants us to be a church that stands firm for him. And I'd like us to read just a few scriptures, uh, which are going to appear on the screen. Uh, And I'm going to invite us to stand. I know that's probably not what you usually do when you read the Bible, but if you could please stand now, that would be helpful. And we're going to read these scriptures, and they're taken from different parts of the New Testament, but they all have the phrase, stand firm in them. And I love speaking out scripture. I think there's power in it, in the declaration. And I would love us to do it today, not just kind of like reading it off the screen, but that we engage with it and we'll say it as if we mean it, and then we'll say it with determination, and we'll say it with belief and with faith, and actually we'll do it to encourage ourselves, but we will do it to encourage those around us, because maybe that person in front of you, behind you, or next to you, maybe you can't see it, but they need you to help them, and to encourage them to stand firm, because you may not know what they're going through right now, and they need you to just affirm them, and encourage them In these scriptures, so could we do that? There's eight in total. Uh, Don't worry that the references aren't there; they're all from the Bible. Okay, and we'll touch on some of them later on. Um, And and so let's let's get going. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Set his seal of ownership on us. And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Because it is by faith you stand firm. I think there's some more, are there? Yeah, here we go. I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. Whether by word of mouth or by letter, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Amen. Please be seated. So stand firm. Stand firm. Son or daughter, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. This morning I'm predominantly talking to those who already have a Christian faith. And I'm encouraging them from the word of God. We believe this is God's living word to us to stand firm. But you also may be joining online. Uh, you may be here in the building and you're not so sure about faith. And you may be on that journey. We're really pleased that you're here today and that uh, you're journeying with us. And I'm trusting and hoping that God will uh, reveal to you the relevance of what I'm saying. But I would want to say to you that there are many, many hundreds in this room who would want to encourage you, if you're looking for a firm foundation for your lives, consider Jesus. He is the only strong, reliable foundation on which you can build your life and that you can also stand firm. But it's hard to stand firm unless you've got a firm foundation. Over time, those things get found out, but we're, asking, we're believing that God is our firm foundation. In fact, Jesus says, if, if you obey these words and you put them into practice, it is like a foundation in our hearts and lives. So that's where we're coming from today. Um, we have a few things I want to, to share very quickly with you. Four things that we're supposed to stand firm in and four ways in which we can stand firm. So four things, they they came up in the uh, the readings that we've just read out there. Four ways and four things that the Bible says, I want you as brothers and sisters, Christians, son and daughter, I want you to stand firm in these four things. And then to help us, because that can seem a lot, then I'm going to give you four ways that help you to do those four things. I'm not saying this is exclusive. I'm sure that you can look across the rest of the Bible and you can find other examples of phrases of stand firm, but I want you to encourage you stand firm. And number one, stand firm in the word of God. God says to stand firm in his word, to stand firm in his word, to stand firm on the Bible. The Bible is the bedrock of our faith. The Bible says that that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. If you're looking for something solid in which to build your life, then God's word is the the great standard, is the the building block you need. Uh, Interesting things have been happening over the last few years in our country. We've gone through this terrible pandemic as have the rest of the world. Uh, But that has done something different in our spiritual uh, kind of climate as a nation. Things have shifted as a result of that. Amongst the church up until uh, the pandemic, up until 2020, Bible reading by Christians was on decline. People were reading the Bible less often and they were reading less of the Bible. So not only was it more irregular, but when they did, they, they spent less time reading it in the pandemic that began to change and we have a survey we have surveys to prove this the Bible Society did a UK survey and they found a few interesting things they found out that during the pandemic 35% of Christians in the UK said that they read their Bible more in the pandemic now you could say well they have more time Maybe some of them did, but they began to put a greater priority on the Word. What was really interesting is that 53% of those in the bracket 25 to 35 years of age, they they increased their Bible reading even more than the rest of the population. So there was a hunger amongst the young adults in our our nation, and that was shown because of their desire to read the Bible. 42% of readers said that reading the Bible increased their hope in God. Well, you think, well, yes, I would hope it does. But isn't that interesting that they felt even in a time where where hope was in short supply, remember it was pandemic and we couldn't go out anywhere, we couldn't do anything, and then the future seemed grim that those who engaged with the Bible said they were more hopeful about the future. I tell you what, reading the book does make a difference. It impacts your life and impacts my life. 63% said it helped them maintain their confidence in the future, despite the pandemic, so they got more confident about the future. How? Because they read the Bible, and they read it on a more regular basis, and the living word of God began to transform form them from the inside out, and they began to stand firm in the Bible. Okay, just a few more statistics. 47% of 16 to 24-year-olds said it increased their sense of well-being, that just reading the Bible increases your sense of well-being. That's what 47% of that age group said, that's amazing, isn't it? We spend so much trying to kind of look after ourselves, look after our own well being, maybe spend a shed load of money trying to do so. And yet, one of the best ways in order for you to feel good about yourself is to engage with the Bible, and that comes for free. And it works. And 33%, last statistic 33% of 16 to 24 year olds reported that reading the Bible made them feel less lonely in the middle of a pandemic. But it was when we were more more lonely. Particularly those living on their own or away from family and friends were more lonely than they'd ever been. And yet people are saying, actually, reading the Bible just that alone makes me feel less lonely. Why? Because I know that I'm connecting to a God who loves me and cares for me. I'm sitting, as Mark just said, in God's lounge in His living room, chatting to my heavenly Father, and I feel Him speaking to me through His Word. So, friends, I want to encourage you. Could we be a church that stands firm in the Word of God? That in a, in a day and age where things are challenged, where truth is under challenge, that we will say as individuals in the church, uh-uh, I'm standing on God's word. I'm believing that this is true. And whether it's convenient or it's not convenient, I'm still believing it is the truth from God. It is God's letter to us and love letter to us. And it is the best guide in which to live our lives. So I want, number one, I want to encourage you, stand firm in your weeding of God stand firm in the word number 2 stand firm the bible says in the faith 1 corinthians 16:13 says be on your guard be watchful stand firm in the faith be courageous and be strong you can see the repetition that's coming up there be on your guard church this is written to christians be on your guard there's, a, there's an enemy, there's a, like a roaring lion looking. We're in a battle, friends, okay, just to make you aware of that, that we, are, we need to be on our guard, we need to stand firm, we need to be courageous, and we need to be strong. The actual Greek there where it says about being courageous really literally means, excuse me, ladies, but it means to play the man. In other words, to man up in your faith or to woman up in your faith to be strong in it to be courageous to make your stand and keep to your convictions do that because you know what there's a society and it's drifting in the UK more away from God and we can see that but sometimes we don't see the drift it's like going to the beach and going in for a swim and, and leaving your belongings maybe on the sand and w- running into the sea and maybe swimming around and splashing around for a while. And then after a while, maybe half an hour or something, you get out of the sea, you walk in, and your possessions have gone. Like somebody's stolen my belongings, my phone, my car keys, everything, my packed lunch, everything's gone. And then you have this realization, oh, why well, on got a second. I didn't live here, it was... 50 meters down that way and you didn't realize that while you were in the sea there was a current taking you away in a certain direction Lord I don't want to be alarmist this morning but I, I, I want to encourage you if we are static in our faith then we are going to get moved away from God there's a bias there's a current running in our societies and it's not taking us towards God it's taking us away from him, and so therefore I need to be aware of that. I need to set my face like a flint towards God and say, I'm, n- uh, I'm not changing. I'm not moving, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. He's my due north, he's my north point. I'm sticking my faith and my confidence in him. A bit like on the beach, if you don't want to be dragged away by the current, you just fix your eye on something that's static, don't you? On the beach or on the, uh, the promenade or the rocks behind it, you go, oh, that's the marker of where I started and I'm not drifting. I'm going to keep standing firm in the faith. Number three, we stand firm in serving God. The Bible says of all the things it could say, it says, number one, stand firm in the word. If you want to be a strong Christian, if you want to be rooted, like you say in your um, a mission statement, we want to be a church that's rooted in the things of God, we need to be rooted in the Bible, we need be rooted in faith, and we need to be rooted and stand firm in serving God. I want to tell you that serving God is never a waste of time. It's never, you know... Uh, a waste of uh, yeah, money or energy or time. It's never a waste. How do I know that? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. You're getting the repetition. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Repeat that. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not in vain. Do you know the place where I love to read that scripture more than any other? Is it the the funeral service of a Christian friend maybe somebody older in years, and I pastored for quite a number of years in Cardiff and led the church there, the Elim Church, and uh, we did many funerals over the years. And, and when I had a real stalwart of the church, as I call them, real dependable uh, brother or sister that had passed on and lived their life for God and, and were a great example to others, i loved love to stand at their graveside when the coffin was lowered into the ground and it seemed like everything was gone like all hope has gone and all of us will probably know what that experience feels like to stand there you feel bereft of this loved one this family member who is now gone and the realization if it hasn't dawned already suddenly dawns on you when they lower that coffin into the ground and, and there's nothing you know there's nothing there's no good news right there is there really it is the worst of the worst. It's the darkest place. But in those moments, I like to be able to declare over them. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that you labor in the Lord. It's not in vain. In other words, I was reminding the family around, perhaps some of them thinking, well, was it, was it really a great investment to spend all that church and in the church or the work of God and all the things that they did? No, we're saying there's never been a better time to remember because your labor has not been in vain. Seen everything else, there's nothing else you can take with you you can have some of the nicest trappings of wealth and success this world's got to offer and we spend a lot of our time don't we as, as people dreaming about those things or pursuing those things but we there's nothing like a funeral service to remind us that nothing goes with us that car ain't coming in the in the coffin with you that house that you love isn't going to come in the coffin with you nobody's coming with you but but all that you've done in god goes before you the Bible says, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Make that your priority. Why does it say that? Because they, the Bible knows that those are for eternity. See, everything else that we have on this earth is passing away. If we can see it apart from one another, it's kind of passing away. All the buildings, all of the beautiful palaces in London, all of the, you know, all the stuff of life all around us, all of that's passing away. It's temporal but that which we can't see is internal. And so I want to encourage you, if you're serving here today, and many people will be doing many different things. Let me just encourage you, don't become weary in the well-doing. Don't don't give up serving. Why? Because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It is not in vain. You may get a thank you this morning, you may not. I know the heart is to thank you, but should you be forgotten, should you do something and people don't say thank you, remember, would you? That God sees, God sees, and this little notebook in heaven going, I saw that, I saw that, I saw that, I saw that, and it's almost like I don't know how it works, but if there's treasure, it's almost like heaven's going, ching ching, like ka ching, there's another, it's another, it's another, and I know we're not doing it for that, but isn't that great that undergirding everything, is the fact that God sees it. So he says, stand firm, stand firm in my word, stand firm in faith, stand firm in serving God. And one more before we close, stand firm in, and I always need to be prompting myself then, in pursuing God's will for your life. Stand firm in the will of God. Stand firm in what God has called you to do. And I'd want to say that to you as a church, as i began. begun. Be a good flag bearer for Elim, if that's what you are, and i Submit that. You can pray into that. If, if you know, etc. I'm not saying, but 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 be encouraged. Be a good. Go for it. Be encouraged. Step out in faith. And for you as individuals, we're all unique. So I love that sense of the living room talk with a father. He's not kind of speaking to all his kids at once. He knows everything about you. And your plan and purpose for your life is different from the person sat next to you, which is different from the one behind you and different from the person. God sees you uniquely. But I think what he's saying is, is will you pursue not your will for your life, but I've got a will for your life. I've got a plan and purpose. I guess that's where the Christian journey starts. It means coming to God and saying, God, you know, I've lived my 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 life my way. Today I'm turning to you. I want to put my... I want to turn to you. I recognise that living it my way has probably not been a great thing to do. And today I'm choosing to go your way and to pursue your will for my life. And I want you to help me with the power of the Holy Spirit to live that every single day. And Lord, help me to run my race. Help me to run my race. Help me to pursue your will for my life. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, And a servant of Christ Jesus sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. God's got a great plan for your life. But you walking in it, are you standing firm? Again, remember this is not a headmaster speaking to you, going, but a father going, Are you doing okay? Are you standing firm in the word? Are you standing firm in faith? Are you standing firm in serving? Are you standing firm in the will and the purpose of my life? If not, then, my child, this morning, why don't you come back? Why don't you determine afresh in your heart today? I want to be a person, a man, a woman, a young person. I want to stand for God. I want to stand for God in this generation. If I had time, I'd tell you that there's help the help is that the Holy Spirit is living in you. We read about that, didn't we,
1: in 2 Corinthians
0: 1.21. The Holy Spirit will help you. Number two, that, that we can stand firm by faith. That the faith is that stronghold in our hearts, as it were. We can stand firm together. Philippians 1, 27, That As we stand together, we can stand. That we need one another. We're not into Lone Ranger, you know, isolationist Christianity we need each other if we're going to make it through I need you and you need me and together we might get this done but we need like Mark was saying we need to do this together together we can do this together we can stand firm and finally we stand firm in heavenly hope it's that hope of heaven That causes us to stand firm. It's that hope of heaven that causes us to endure the hard times. When our faith is tested the most, it's then that we need to remember that this life is not all there is, that we have a hope in heaven. Amen? That's what these guys are coming here to proclaim to London, that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 says this, But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. And James 5.8 says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The Lord's coming is near. The Lord's coming, it really is near. It really is near. And I'm not going to prophesy when because that's a, a fool's game. But, but the Bible says it's near. And the Greek for near means really near. It means near. It means that we need to be ready. And we need also in the nearness of that to share that news with others because his coming is near. And that's a hope for us that we can endure. If we're going through a time of testing, we can endure. Why? Because his coming is near and one day every eye uh, will be wiped, every tear will be removed, all the heartache and pain will go, and we will be with him forever. So we can stand firm, can't we? Because he is coming, and his coming is near, and though the weeping may remain for a night, there is a day of rejoicing coming in the morning.